Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe... podcast here on the believe podcast network do you believe bringing you the most pertinent information regarding fcs football i am joe de leon conversating across the country with sean anderson how are you doing today sean i i like i said earlier i you know i'm a little tired had a good had a good pump today had a uh, an excruciating run but no one wants to hear about anybody working out so how are you doing joe um, I'm doing great. Is that was that all that running and working out? Is that in preparation for your uh, uh, your your run at Area 51? Is that what <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's that's kind of crazy because you're like 75,000 people. You know, could they really do it? And I'm like, that's 75,000 people, Joe. So I, I don't know. I mean, you think about it from two ways. Like, should the government really be hiding this kind of information from us? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, uh, okay, well, probably the smartest minds have gone over this and be like, yeah, it's better if they don't know whatever's in that base. It's better if the public doesn't. But at the same time, it's like, ah, uh, well, in a democracy, you'd kind of want to know some of this stuff. And, it, you know, it all started out as a joke. But when you think about it, 75,000 people, you might get 25 in there, 25,000 in there. Yeah, I think if you have enough people, you definitely could make that run at it. But I think the reality of the situation, what's actually going to happen is that like 10 people are going to show up and they're just going to get detained or shot on on site and it's going to be over with that. Uh, I really doubt that all the people that claim that are actually going to show up are actually going to actually, you know, I tell you, present for it. <laughs> if you can get me 10,000 people, 5,000 people there, mm. I'll be pretty excited because that's one step closer to getting <laughs> 50 and then 50 is one step closer to getting 75. I saw a tweet that was saying I think it was a tweet or it was like a Tumblr comment or something that was on in a, in an Instagram screenshot or something like that. And it was saying it's it's interesting to notice that all these people are realizing if they get enough people, they can storm Area 51, but they're not willing to gather that many people to overthrow a government. Like, <laughs> where is our priorities here? I don't know. People... <laughs> Uh, Twitter's been, I mean, it's been hot recently, you know, it's been, yeah. it's been good. You know, people have been active. It hasn't been, a, you know, the, the normal drudge that we see on there, but uh, it's a little bit of a pipe dream at this point, I'd say, but I, I think they set a date. Yeah. Let's hope they actually do it. September 20th. You know, we got aliens booling around if, uh, oh if they God. actually get it, get it to happen. Oh man. What do you, do you, would you, 
Would I? Would what, I do it? I mean, if you, I had no, nothing no, no. going for not me, not if not, would you do it? You have we? Are you the one that doesn't believe in aliens? No, no, no. no. Was no. it Perry? Who? Who? Wait, who have you spoken to that doesn't believe that there's potentially aliens? Ivory. No, Ivory's. The, oh no, wait. Uh, Ivory's a flat earther. I completely forgot. Is that Ivory, one of the things that they believe in? I, no, there's no, no Ivory aliens? just doesn't believe in aliens. How can you be a be a flat I, earther and a he, conspiracist and then also not believe in aliens? Doesn't believe in it. Uh, he he pulled out a whole bunch of uh, religious type explanations about it, and I'm like, okay, well, you've you've kind of prompted this type of argument and statement before so he has defense if you bring it up to ivory he will have a defense for you ready to go that doesn't mean it's a good one i'm just saying he has one what's your defense pro alien we are in an infinitely large universe there has to be something somewhere okay that's a bad argument there's thousands of uh planets with the same biological structure uh as earth that's what you need to well, say. That, okay, I said that very broadly. Yeah. I was I was pointing out that there there's so much space out there that we don't even know how far we can go that there has to be something else out there that probably is looking at their, you know, at their own planet thinking is there anything out there and they just haven't discovered us either. What do you think scarier? That there is something or that there isn't? Um, I'd say that there is something because it's it's you know, it's along the lines of if they do find us if someone does find our planet, how are they going to react to it? Is it going to be a uh, friendly encounter, or is their intent to to uh, take what we have and, and colonize us? Because you know that's the that's the reality of every single alien movie. There's never a good interaction and relationship that comes out of it. ET. Uh yeah, I guess you could say ET. I guess you could say ET. The biggest alien movie of all time. That's not the biggest alien movie. Name a bigger a- alien. Not bigger than ET. You th- wait, wait. There's multiple alien movies. How could you possibly say that ET is if bigger than Alien? Think of an alien movie, you think of ET. I think of Alien before I think it's in the title. The first thing, if you say to me, oh, extraterrestrial. What's- that's what ET stands for, Joe. Regardless, I think if you're. If anyone started talking about alien movies, the first one that would pop up in my head is Alien, and then the second one would be Predator. Classic movies, multiple of them. You're saying those are classic movies? Than, or, yeah, they're or, bigger or than classic. E.T. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong? Are you just trying to get on, under my under my skin no, right now? No. Have you even seen Alien? Have you even seen E.T.? Yes, I saw E.T. I doubt it. I have. You look like E.T. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> yeah, you look like Shrek. We've been oh, over this yeah. before. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right. Before we keep arguing about aliens yeah, of isn't all this, things. Isn't this an FCS football show? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Aliens Podcast. <laughs> you, see, it's just, you, know <laughs> you know what it is? It's the, the feedback we've been getting on Twitter of people uh, responding to our I mean, people do respond to our uh, FCS talk, but yeah. our pre-FCS talk banter has been getting some responses also. So I, I do think, think that, that's why we're... Yeah. I do think people appreciate the... And also, give us a comment if you don't appreciate, because I'm kind of curious, but I think more people appreciate us having these off-tangent conversations, Just uh, little, this banter in the beginning. Yeah, yeah a little fun topics. Up. Yeah. What's going on in the world today? Um... That being said, though, Sean, today we're talking tight ends. There's not a huge list here of guys, but we do have a pretty 
stacked group that we're going to be talking about. But before we get to that, Sean, mm. we're going to do our typical news slash the happenings around social media uh, to cap things off, to start things off here. And the first thing that we have is that USC has announced that they will play its first ever FCS opponent, that being UC Davis, in 2021. Man, you while there's oh, sorry. What, go ahead. I was no, just gonna ahead. say I was gonna say USC rocks. Um I'm gonna ignore that comment. Sorry, continue. Uh, but that being said though, we you know, there's obviously <laughs> tons of schedule announcements that happen every single day, especially during the offseason, and we typically don't cover those. But this is a very specific extenuating circumstance that it is worth acknowledging because USC is one of the very few FBS programs that has not played uh, in FCS school. So now there's only two remaining, Notre Dame and UCLA. What so UCLA? It, Notre Dame. One more time. Notre Okay, uh, now we're going to go on Can you use to, it in a sentence, please? Uh, Notre Dame is better than USC. Oh. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, we love to talk about Jim Nagy. And his small school Saturdays that he's been doing lately because he points out the guys that we've been talking about who are the best in FCS. And in his small school Saturdays, he is acknowledging who are the guys that are on his board for potentially inviting to the Senior Bowl. And this week's list that he put out there is a little bit closer to home because one of our URI Rams made it onto the list. And a guy that we're probably going to be talking about next week is that Kyle Murphy Offensive lineman who we talked a ton about is on the big board for the Senior Bowl. Um, as far as the other players that are on here, we have Davis, uh, Dominique. No, Dominique from, Davis. Oh, no, wait, that's Bobby Price. Oh, Dominic. Wait, no, he's not. Uh, he's not an FCS guy. My fault. Zarian Bobby Holcomb. Price from Norfolk. Okay, you're just, just going to talk. I'm going to take it over because. All right, go ahead. You thought it. Murphy Kyle, is that, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Williams, Nasir player, yeah. Christian Roseboom, Bryce Sterk made the list this week. And we've spoken a lot about some of these guys. Uh, also, Jonah Williams, not to be confused with the Jonah Williams, who is on the Cincinnati Bengals. But it's actually it was pretty interesting to kind of scroll through the comments here and see what people are talking about. And a well-known draft analyst, Brad Kelly, pointed out, out to Jim Nagy to check out Aaron Parker, a guy that we spoke about last week. So uh, two guys that were that we play with that we know well uh, were acknowledged in this um, in this situation for the Senior Bowl. Did you see who else responded? No, who else? Uh, Mr. Will Blackman. Oh yeah, I did see that. He Rhode Island with uh, six yeah, exclamation I, points. I, I I don't I don't like like him. You know, acting like he's all all Rhode Island and stuff. He Look, does I a get whole it. bunch of Rhode Island B stuff, man. But he went to Bishop Hedrickin and then he left and went to BC. Like, yeah, you but know, he's like hosting camps in Rhode Island and stuff like that. Are you kidding me? You're not a black guy. Are they free camps? Is he charging I don't know. people? I don't. I think they're free, actually. I don't think they are. Okay. He's a former player. He's trying to make some money. I'm telling you, I think they're free. <laughs> I think Will okay. Will Blackman free camp. Let me see here. Are you gonna say anything? No, I'm just I'm waiting for what <laughs> you have to, to say. <laughs> Will Blackman camp. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, um, it's definitely not free. Why wouldn't it be free? 
Because he's a retired player. He wasn't like a big name NFL guy. Big enough. Eh. Eh. Oh, who, who, who oh, is he bigger than Prince of Mukamara? No. Yes. You think he's bigger than Prince of Mukamara? Oh. Uh, Jokic. Djokovic. Uh, Novak Djokovic. Djokovic. I'm sorry. Uh, brain. But Novak Djokovic just won the Wimbledon. How about that? Yeah, I don't care for tennis. <laughs> oh, right, really? Sean, you gonna... don't care for tennis? <laughs> I don't care for tennis. Is there anyone else uh, you want to say that to? <laughs> no. Uh, we're going to stay back on track, though. We don't want to get, yeah, get I, too I, off the rails I, I here. anything on Blackman. Uh, Sean, we're going to talk about our top tight ends. We only have five guys on this list just because there are not that many wildly productive players of note at the tight end position. And while we could talk about some guys that are strictly downfield blockers, we want to be talking about guys that are versatile and that can do both things very well. And in this list that we've accumulated, we believe that they, they can do both things well as far as being a receiver and an efficient blocker. That being said, though, Sean, we're going to kick things off with Charlie, uh, Charlie Topa. <laughs> oh, man, I'm already butchering this. Charlie Topanapeo. Did I say that right? No. Tomo Apeo, Portland State. Damn, I said it right earlier in my head, and then I just completely butchered the hell out of that get thing. one Lawson over here. He'll get that one good. Yeah, he'll probably get that right. Um but from Portland State, he's six foot three, two hundred forty-five pounds. Last season was a little bit of a down year for him. He had twenty-eight receptions for five hundred eighty yards and five touchdowns. Uh, he's been extremely productive in his time at Portland State, and it's worth noting that he is very sought after at the moment for a NFL prospect. But he is being looked more in regards as a H back, fullback type player mostly because of his size. He's built like a fullback. Um, he is a pretty efficient blocker and, and, and a also good use as a playmaker if you can get him the ball in any type of way. So Portland State doesn't really line him up a ton in the backfield, but they an NFL team might be able to utilize him in that sense. But overall, the things that I really noticed, he is a very good route runner, and he also has very good awareness in um, finding lanes if – his quarterback has to move and um, escape the pocket a little bit. There were a couple of plays where I saw that he was able to keep going and kind of break off of his route and find open space and get open uh, to make a play. Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, he was the only, or I think he was one of two tight ends on um, on the uh, top ten potential FCS drafted uh, list. Yep, that was covered. <laughs> Uh, next tight end uh, that we're going to be covering here, Matthew Gonzalez from Robert Morris University, six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. Last year he had forty catches, six hundred forty-two yards, and twelve touchdowns. Those twelve touchdowns also, in part, broke the Robert Morris single-season receiving touchdown record. Uh, he ah. has really good. <laughs> he has a really good running form uh, for a tight end. He's a typical hybrid FCS, you know, receiving tight end, where he can. You know, they utilize him a little more as a receiver. Obviously, tight ends, they're expected to block also. But he's more of a uh, Jordan Reed For uh, okay. uh, is how I would ex uh, describe his game. I mean, he's a really good receiver. Uh, he's strong. He's fast. He runs uh, strong with his legs, but he has light feet. Uh, he's a good tight end. He's a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah. And you, you said those 12 touchdowns. Like, that that's incredible. To have a guy that's able to be that productive 
in the red zone. And those are the types of things that you look for in a tight end. You might not use them all the time downfield on first down, second down. But once you get in that red zone area, you're looking for your big guy that has strong hands that is going to bring that thing down and be able to post up against linebackers and defensive backs. Right after him, another guy that's built very similarly as the, the first two guys, Riley Moore from Northern Iowa, six foot three, two forty two, bit heavier than Gonzalez. Uh, I'd like to note that he rocks the man bun. He, it, it looks pretty good on him. Um, you know that has to be pointed out. Uh, he's had thirty nine receptions for five hundred and thirty six yards and four touchdowns last season. He really was the focal point for Northern Iowa in their offense. They used him a ton of different ways. He's a go to threat. And he can make plays after the catch, which is very rare in a college tight end, especially in an FCS tight end. Um, he's very punishing after the catch. When trying to bring him down, he likes to run downhill like a fullback, like a, a bigger bruising running back. He likes contact. He does not shy away from it. And he will run you over to get those extra yards. In addition to that, he's very efficient as a, a route runner. Um, and, and he takes a lot to really, like I said, takes a lot to drag down. Yeah. 242. That's a lot of weight to, to try and mm -hmm. tackle, uh, on the opposite end of that weight spectrum here, James Sheehan from Eastern Illinois, six foot three, 215. He last year, 50 catches, 544 yards and three touchdowns. Couldn't find any film on him. Uh, from what I saw, uh, of him though, a little, uh, skinny for a six, three tight end. If you're going to be, uh, I don't know, six, four, five, uh, six, six, you can be a little leaner because you can go up and get the jump balls. If you're six, three and playing tight end, you need to be able to, uh, be a little stronger, a little tougher. If you want to go into the next level, not tougher. I mean, I'm sure he's a very, uh, tough player mm -hmm. if he's on this list, but you need to be a little more, uh, built, uh, as the previous three tight ends that we've covered are, you have to be at least two thirty, and two thirty is still a little light for, six foot three especially if you don't go on to the next level because there are not many six foot three tight ends at the next level regardless and if there are then they're being used also as as fullbacks and uh really good blockers because they're a little lower uh i just need him to either put on weight or take or, or start developing him, developing himself as a, a receiver if he wants to go on the next level but obviously he's a productive guy holding 50 catches in a season that's still pretty impressive uh i just want to see what he does this upcoming season our final guy that we have is the only guy that's actually tall and long, and that's Trey Berry from Jacksonville State, six foot seven. And that would be a high in the NFL, if I'm correct. Uh, is Toy Lolo uh, is he six seven or six eight? Six eight. Okay, so he'd just be an inch shy of that, but still six seven, incredible height, two thirty five. Like I said, last season he had thirty two receptions, five hundred and three yards, and one touchdown. Now his statistics aren't exemplary it's not anything too incredible but he's a young gun he was only a sophomore last year with his build and his size and the ability to keep getting bigger especially considering he has the frame to keep adding on some more weight and some more muscle I can see him having a very productive year next season and the year after that um typical proto prototype guy as far as uh an elite tight end prospect He's very, very long. He's not just a red zone threat. There's some plays where I was able to see him streak down the middle of the field, find some space, and then finish off a run. He had like a 75-yard touchdown, something along those lines, for his one touchdown. 
in addition to that, though, he's very good at finding separation. He, he always finds a way to get open when he is running those deeper routes. And one thing that you love to see from a tight end, especially in today's modern version of offenses that we're seeing, is that he loves to block. He has a huddle for his college tape, which we don't really see that often. And a lot of his highlights were him blocking, which is pretty rare to see from a guy that's also receiving threat. So he, you know, he, he's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to hit people, which you really, really like to see uh, from a bigger tight end. Yeah. I mean, with that frame, you just really want to see him start taking advantage of it uh, the best that he can, because there's not a lot of people that are built like him uh, being able to, to, to catch the rock. And, and block and, and be able to chip those defensive ends and make downfield blocks. You just want to see somebody like that really take advantage of it and dominate. Now, that being said, we're going to do as we've been doing, which is talking about the most notable incoming freshmen. Now, these guys might not play in their first year, but they are they were pretty highly recruited by some bigger programs. And Sean and I will alternate here. Sean, why don't you take the first guy that we have? Oh, why? Thank you. So, so modest of you, as I was already practicing the pronunciation for the uh, second uh, player's name. Okay, that's easy. First tight end. (laughs) Well, you gotta go. You gotta go through it. First tight end, Dartmouth landed Jordan Kirkbride. There we go. Six six two thirty, three power five offers and fifteen FBS offers. Yeah, Joe, that's how that's written out. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So he's a big dude. He's tall and. it's always interesting to see these Ivy League guys that choose to go to Ivy League schools and they're still being highly recruited by big conferences and teams in those big conferences. The next person is not an Ivy League player. Uh, Richmond's Ben Castellano, six foot four, two twenty five. Plenty of time to add some more weight on, but he had offers from Indiana, Syracuse, and ten other FBS schools, which is pretty impressive. And the final. Tight end here. Another Ivy League guy. Princeton landed James Stagg, six foot four, two forty-five. He decommitted from Navy. He had an offer from Louisville, uh, but he ended up wanting to go to Princeton. Yeah, another situation where an Ivy League school was able to steal away a talented kid, mostly because of their academic prowess, and also they're not that far off in having good facilities and resources. Yeah, plenty now, of plenty of money in the Ivies. Oh yeah, plenty of money. Now that we're done talking about our tight ends, we're going to wrap things up with some fun conversation. First being our DMs and Twitter interactions. We did not get any Twitter questions because I was a little bit late to asking for them. I apologize for that. But if you do ever want to send us anything, anything at all, make sure you also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And Sean is at Sean Anderson. 65 if you don't know how to spell anderson then you should probably uh learn to spell better but the one interaction that we did have and it's uh, we it's kind of continuing after what we were talking about last week at the very end of the episode if you caught it was uh we were talking about rusty and how he was going to send us his vertical um and sean tweeted at him and he actually sent it to us <laughs> and it was him doing this it had to be over 50 inch box jump something like that right i'll give it I think he box jumped at least at least 40 inches. Yeah, I like 45, somewhere in that range. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, damn, that's that's pretty impressive. Good for you, Rusty. <laughs> and you know the best part about that? He followed through. Yeah, he followed through. 
Love that kind of interaction. He said him. vertical pending. I guess we we you know we still had to give him a little nudge there uh, uh-huh. to show him that we were serious about it. And then he responded. It was it was um, it was a very good interaction. Thank you, Rusty, for being true to your word. And that is an impressive vertical. I'll give it to you. So, Rusty, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I because you didn't have any pictures of you on your Twitter. I assumed that you were like over 45. <laughs> I don't know about you, Sean. Did you did you assume that as well? I thought he was like 60. <laughs> So I was pretty shocked when I saw the video um, and you were, I think he was rocking some Eastern Washington gear. So maybe he was uh, rusty. Are you a former player? I'm kind of curious to know that if you are. Um, <laughs> what are you waiting for an answer? <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for an answer. You set that up like he I, was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's not wearing Eastern Washington gear, but he looks like a, he looks like an actual, he looks like an athlete uh, regardless. Oh my God. Speaking of athletes and Sean was talking about this earlier is we wanted to finish things off by talking about actually not finish off, but we wanted to talk a little bit about conditioning tests because that's coming up for the both of us in about two weeks. Right, Sean? That's two weeks from now? A little bit yeah, over? First day of camp. And, 6 uh, a.m. We got, we got Sean's large large ass struggling to do 90-yard sprints. <laughs> I passed every so, conditioning uh, test I've taken, Joe. Let's let's okay. watch that. Okay. All right. All right. Are you so wait, are you are you but why don't you talk to us about what your perspective is for a conditioning test as a lineman? As a lineman? Uh, so uh-huh. our conditioning test is 16 for linemen, 16, 90 yards, uh, 90 yard sprints. Uh, you have 15 seconds to, to make it or else if you don't make one, you fail. And then you have to continue running the test mids being tight ends, linebackers, quarterbacks have to run, uh, with, uh, for a hundred yards. And then the skills have to run 110 mm-hmm. yards in 15 seconds. Uh, the perspective is you just got to stay in the pack and the pack, uh, leader, you know, sets the pace. You stay with him. The normally the fastest lineman. He knows, you know, how much effort and energy to exert to make sure that you can make all sixteen. And that's the biggest thing because freshmen will go out there uh, their first year and then they'll run the first five or six really well, and then yeah. the next six they're just they're sucking air. They can't get enough mm-hmm. water on themselves. You know, they always get way ahead of themselves. Right, they get themselves. way ahead of themselves. Uh, see Keith Coleman, uh, for example. <laughs> Keith Coleman, oh. our freshman year, uh, he did. He got to eight. And then when he got to uh, – this was before the actual conditioning test, I believe. He got to eight, and then we were only doing 14 that day. Then once he got to eight, uh, nine through 13 were all fails. And the 14th, you mm-hmm. know, it's all – all right, give it your all, give it your all, you know, keep going. Number 14, he ran one of the fastest 90 yards I've ever seen anybody run. 340 pounds. Really? And then I, I t- our strength and conditioning coach lit him up because he, he failed still. But he had that much left in the tank. So he didn't know how to pace himself. So you have to learn how to control your breathing. You have to learn how to work the test and stride when you need to stride and sprint when you need to sprint. It's it's really a lot of mental with it because I mean everybody should be able to run and everyone can run sixteen nineties in fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really not that daunting of a task if you've been doing it the whole summer. Um, I always find it funny though that it never fails that there's always at least one person 
who, you know, didn't run at all leading up to that, maybe the week before. Right. And, you know, you're talking about there's guys that like go like all out in the first, you know, bunch of them and then they start losing their their stamina. There's always that one guy that right off the bat, he's in the way back and then he fails it within the first, not within the first few, but he's just not going all out at all the whole time because he's sucking air. Oh, man. He didn't prepare yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, the first three. Oh, man, he's looking fast. He must have trained a lot this summer. Next three, yeah. uh, well... That's all he had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd say the big key is that you should never go off of the pace that, that your strength coach recommends as far as um, approaching it week by week leading up to it. I always I always feel that you need to do more than what they're telling you to do yeah. because then that way you're going to be you're going to be way over the threshold. So like if you can run over 20 of them. When you do 16, you're gonna be like, I'm, I still have plenty of energy. Like, when, you know, how many more are we going to keep doing? Let's keep doing some more. Right. And then um, because whatever it is, however you train solo uh, back home, it's still going to be harder at 16. Your, your, your personal 16 that you run uh, before getting up there for the test mm-hmm. are, is always going to be easier than it is when you're actually doing the test because Rich holds you accountable and you make sure yeah. that the, the, the time is, is correct and the time in between is correct also. You might be giving yourself a little more uh, breathing room in between reps. So if you can get up over 20 for 16, then you, you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely blanked on what I was going to say. Oh, the, so the one other thing though that, that I always find really interesting is there's always – like a small group of skill players, like receivers, DBs, running backs that always fail the conditioning test. And it, it, it's just, that is very disturbing to me because like those guys need to be in really good shape because they're doing so much running, especially receivers. So like, it's, it's just weird that they, seeing those guys that are supposed to be known for being lean and in really good shape. And they're always, there's always that small group of guys that aren't able to finish it. You know what I always liked about the conditioning test? You like something about the conditioning test? Yeah, I like seeing Mamadou Mbai and Montez Wilson jog it. That's what I liked. <laughs> I liked oh, seeing man, yeah. and Isaiah yeah. Coulter. I like seeing those three players jog the conditioning test. It's like they're out for a Sunday it's stroll. It's like I mean, they're out for a uh, Sunday stroll. I mean, these dudes are all legs. They just it looks like they're jogging and all the linemen are sprinting and we're just like, Oh man, we got to sprint the first 60 yards every time. And then we can, yep. we can walk into a stride and these guys, it's like they're jogging. And I, I, I yeah. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm about the same speed as Sean. And like, if you noticed, if you actually came and watched the conditioning test for someone who's really slow, you have to sprint the whole thing. Otherwise you're not making those 15 yards. So you need to be in full sprint strength. Uh, conditioning and stamina and all that. Like if you can't make that in a full sprint, you're probably not making the time. But those guys, those really, you know, those four, three guys, those four, five guys, as far as their 40 time, they're jogging. They, they can kind of coast their way through. So they don't need to use all their energy when they do it. They can go for 120. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they could probably do the 200 if they went full sprint for 15 seconds. I tell you, Joe, Joe's speed dictates that he's a big but his size and position yeah. dictates that he's makes a mid. Me a skill. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes me a skill. I'm, I'm like as heavy as a. I'm the size of a running back. Oh my god! But I'm as slow and as as chubby as a lineman. <laughs> yeah, but you run with the bigs and gassers. That's the funniest part. Yeah, I don't you run with the D line. <laughs> I have always tried to do the 
try to run with the mids, but dude, I, you know, I'm going to come out and say it. Specialists are really soft. They're extremely soft because if there's any instance where I try to push them and I'm trying to be like, yo, come on, let's run with the, let's run with the mids or anything along those lines. They're like, nope, no, no, no. Running with a defensive lineman because that's about our speed. <laughs> Garrow could run with, Garrow could run with the mids. Yeah, Garrow was never afraid to run with. The, he would, could run with the skills if he really wanted to. He's, he's he was pretty fast. What about Ollie? He was, a, he was a Garrow was a punter. Oh God, Ollie, Jesus! He didn't even run half the time. He always had a problem. He always had, he was like the Ollie, a former punter who ended up going to Washington State. Sucked. Friend of mine. Uh he um is your typical fat kid that whenever the run comes around that he uh something's wrong with him like his you know his ankle hurts or he's having an asthma attack or uh uh you know he woke up. Blood sugars low, yes. Yeah, blood blood sugars low. That, that that kind of thing. Just very random instances that keep him from running. So, so Sean, I'm I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Um, because the first day of training camp report day is coming up very soon. What are we going to do on the first day? I'm not asking. No, this isn't like a like a like I'm quizzing you. This is like we need to come up with something to do on the first day for report day. Joe. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's our we, last one. It's, it's our last one. I don't know if we can turn the first day into into a bit. I don't know. I might be chickening hey, you're out. You're the one who uh, I said it before. You're the one who was telling you're the yesterday you're the one who was telling me to turn uh um yesterday my interaction with someone into a bit. So I can turn No 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 the first day I said bit. turn your interaction <laughs> into content for yourself. Okay, all right, that's fair. Not We're doing both- a bit. Okay. All right. Fine. Plus, I got Fair. a new coach. I don't know. Uh, new coach might not yeah, like that. Maybe, maybe you get some respect. I think Coach Wheeler would would, uh, would find it funny if we came in all dressed I don't up think nicely. Either of us have done enough or produced enough what that warrants that warrants that. I I have I've played in twenty seven games. I think I've warned. You know what enough. I mean. <laughs> Remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick did it with with Deshaun Jackson's uh, stuff in the post game? Yeah, his performance that day and the first week also that of last season warranted that. I'm not saying we you know we waltz in with chains and uh, you know our our chest hair sticking out. I'm saying that we we can go dress nicely in like a, a suit. I don't know, man. I think I'm chickening out. Or do you think we should we should just rent like a, uh, like a like a really high end car or something like that, like a Corvette or something? Like I wonder how much that would be to rent. We can pull up with that. <laughs> I'm gonna be driving up, like, in through oh, the through the of? night, the day of. Yeah. Oh, why? Why would you do that to yourself? I have work. Oh, ah, couldn't get off. All right. <laughs> the final thing though that we want to discuss is we got a little bit off tangent there, but. Good, good uh, training camp discussion. Um, the last thing is that Sam Herter uh, just released his best player wearing number 41. And uh, I was very disappointed to find out it was not me. What a crock. Uh, that I was uh, not the best player to wear number 41. So, uh, Sam, been... I already said this to you on Twitter. I've been robbed. You um, have been hurt. robbed. Uh, I feel like I, I deserve it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put that. There's probably like ten other kids that have that like, at least like caught a, that have that have caught like a pass or like made a tackle that could 
that would go ahead of me. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't belong on that list. I wish he, I, I wish he had. I probably wouldn't you. even. I don't, I don't even think I'd, I'd crack the top ten of players wearing forty one. Man, uh, I knew man, I wasn't going to get sixty five. Yeah, no, I know we all knew that. Oh, uh, now you want to get hurt. You want to get hurtful. I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm still hurt that they didn't. They decided to pick like a random special teams player for the third team All American list instead of picking a long snapper. Like they picked long snappers for the first two teams. I'm not saying I would have made it on that list, but the fact that they went out of their way to uh, to snub every long snapper in the country just by putting somebody else that's not a long snapper on there. It hurt. It, it frankly hurt. Well, maybe, maybe after this year, mm-hmm. after we graduated, you can uh, we start developing a little more. Uh, what would it say? Not not clout, but credibility. You know, maybe in a couple years, you can actually make that pitch to the FCS and say, "Hey, you know what? Let's get a long snapper up there. You can uh, you can stand well, up for the had, rights of long snappers." They had long snappers on the. Um, the hero sports one, oh. the whole point is that they didn't have it on. They had the first team, the second team, and then the third team, instead of putting a third team long snapper, they put, um, special teams player. It was just like a, like a, you know, someone that was a gunner or, a, you know, someone that was along the line for punt, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. I forget who it was. I, I can go check that later, but I do, I will acknowledge though that the CAA does not acknowledge long snappers which that i i frankly feel is a bit egregious that they don't they're one of the very few conferences in division one that doesn't acknowledge long snappers you tell them i will tell them uh you got any closing thoughts for us sean closing thoughts um no i guess if you're a player listening to this and your camp's coming up start getting in shape and start running now Mm. uh all right well that's gonna be it for us Thank you for tuning in, as always, to the FCS Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure you follow Sean and I on Twitter, at Joe DeLeon and at SeanAnderson65. In addition to following Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram, that's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. Also, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to us on your podcasting platform that we are on. It is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, um, and iHeartRadio. We're also available on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V, and make sure you check out some of the other amazing podcasts that they have out there. They're gradually adding more and more, um, and, and just in a wide array of topics, team-specific, uh, specific to you know sports business. There's a cheerleading one that just came out, which I think is pretty interesting. If you have any interest at all in in specific things that you know don't have podcasts i bet you believe has a podcast for it you just need to go looking through the database of 60 plus podcasts that they have on the website but thank you again for listening in folks and have a wonderful rest of your day Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.